Hi, and welcome to Ask Wardy. I'm Wardy, a wife and mom of three, and the lead teacher, blogger, and owner of traditionalcookingschool.com. I'm also the author of The Complete Idiot's Guide to Fermenting Foods. Ask Wardy is the weekly show devoted to answering your niggling questions about traditional cooking. Maybe it's your sourdough starter, your sauerkraut, preserving foods, broth, superfoods, or anything else to do with traditional cooking. You can catch Ask Wardy live each Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, that's 1 p.m. Eastern, or through the podcast and video replays at askwardy.tv. And now, let's get to today's show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Ask Wardy. This is episode 44. I am so glad uh, to be with you all. We've got a great question today talking about the probiotics in cultured dairy like yogurt. And I'm thrilled to go over the differences in probiotics in various cultured dairy foods. Before we get to that, though, I want to share a couple things, which is if you're listening to me live, hello, keep interacting. I love seeing the hearts and the comments coming through on Periscope and Facebook. If you're listening to this later via your earbuds or a video, you can swap to the other version of what you're not listening or watching uh, at the show notes. The link is ready for you right now. Even if you're with me live, tradcookschool.com slash AW044. That is AW for Ask Wardy and 044 for episode 44. At, um, at the show notes, you will see complete documentation of everything I'm going to share today to answer a question from Emily. And you will also later today see the replay in uh, video or podcast form. So it's all there for you. might be one you want to bookmark for the future, or if you aren't too keen on listening or watching and that's what you've ended up doing and you want to switch to reading, great. And all the links will be there as well. So ready to dive in? All right. Um, We've got a good question today. So Emily's asking, which culture dairy has the most probiotics, yogurt, kefir, or clabbered milk? Now she does say a little bit more. She says that she's finding it really easy to use clabbered milk for smoothies, but which one is the most probiotic? So we all have to weigh that. That's gonna come up in our discussion today. We have to weigh what's easiest for us to do. We also wanna weigh the health benefits, so which is the most probiotic? You can see Emily's talking about that. Well, this is a really good uh, question. And as is the case with many ferments, we're gonna be focusing on cultured dairy today, we can reason through a pretty good answer. And so I'm going to do that, but I don't think it's quite so cut and dried. So I hope you'll hang with me to the end when we talk about some additional factors that may come into and influence your decision about what you make for your family. Okay, so what's coming up here is we're going to talk about the culture dairy that has the most probiotics. We're also going to talk about what's the best to eat and might find, you know, the answer to the first question, what has the most, is not your answer to uh, what's the best to eat. Okay. So hang with me to the end. Let's go through this. So um, the, the culture dairy that Emily mentioned, she mentioned yogurt. And by the way, I'm going to tell you about this yogurt. It's very special. So hang with me to the end for that as well, or in the middle sometime. So she mentioned yogurt. She also mentioned kefir. She also mentioned clabbered milk. I'll explain what clabber is in a moment if you don't know what that means. So, but there's other fermented dairy out there. There's sour cream. Um, there's just various regional heirloom ferments that you might find like people in a certain area making. Um, anyway, they're all fabulous for providing probiotics, but if Emily's asking in terms of a count, so let's go through that now. Which has the most probiotics? Well, 
Kefir, hands down, is going to have the most strains of beneficial yeasts and bacteria. However, I have a previous Ask Gordy. Go to askgordy.tv and scroll back a few episodes. We talked about what's better to use for making your kefir, kefir powder or kefir grains. This impacts the number of strains that are in your finished ferment, okay, because a powder has a different number than the grains. But um, either way, if you're making them at home or you're making your kefir at home or purchasing it, um, or you're using a powder or using grains, there are going to be some differences. The powder has less than the grains. Purchasing it has less than making it at home. Uh, but overall, kefir is going to have the most probiotics for you, okay? Yogurt would be the next in line after kefir. Now, how many strains of beneficial organisms it has, how many probiotics, uh, really depends on the variety of yogurt you're making. Um, but it's going to have a few strains of beneficial bacteria with most um, yogurt cultures. Now, I do want to say here, um, I should have said it at the top, but we're talking about um, two kind of two issues with probiotics. One is the number of strains that are in your ferment, and two is how many probiotics overall, like how much culture, you know, how many millions or billions of organisms are in your ferment. Well, Emily's question is really talking, I'm pretty sure, we're really talking about strains. So most of my answer today is going to focus on the strains of probiotics that are in your finished ferment, um, like how many different types of yeast, how many different types of bacteria you'll find. Um, all of them are going to have just an explosion of overall probiotics because they're fermented. So we're not really dealing with that question. We're dealing with how many strains, okay? Um, so kefir is the most. There's some variances in there depending on the culture and the, the way you get it. Yogurt would be next, and there's some variances in there depending on, you know, the culture that's used to make the yogurt. Now next is clabbered milk, or call it clabber. Now I want to tell you what clabber is. Clabber in its pure definition is spontaneously soured raw milk. Raw milk is abundant in um, beneficial organisms. That's way, the way it comes out. That's the way God made it. And if you allow that to sour on its own, then um, those the probiotics that are just in it are going to culture the milk on their own and you end up with clabber. So it's a thickened milk. It could be the yogurt consistency. You could go all the way to separating into curds and whey so you have like a cheese, a clabber cheese. But that's what clabber is. And there are people who make clabber with pasteurized milk or they start with raw milk but they're adding a culture. And the reason you do that, obviously with pasteurized milk, is you have to add a culture in order to turn it into clabber. But if you even do it with raw milk, you're like ensuring a particular um, flavor result or you're ensuring a really a, a clabber that turns out that thickens nicely instead of you know partial or it doesn't totally turn out. But when, when I'm talking about clabber now, I'm kind of talking about all the possibilities of clabber. Whether you start with, I mean, I'm talking about pure clabber where you start with raw milk and you don't add anything and you let it spontaneously culture itself or where you're adding a culture or you are kind of simulating clabber by adding a culture to pasteurized milk, okay? So clabber, hopefully we're all on the same page, what clabber is, what clabbered milk is. And this is what Emily's saying, it's very easy for her to do for smoothies. I totally get it. Clabber is very, very easy to do. Um, well, clabber varies widely region by region because I just told you what it is, right? I mean, it is the milk spontaneously souring itself. So you will find um, in different regions of the world, you will find, you know, different cultures in the milk naturally. So it's not like I can say, oh, there's five strains. It, it really varies region to region. 
Um, so it could be on the same level as yogurt in terms of strains, or it could be a little bit less. It could be a little bit more if you introduce a culture. But I'm going to put it like right under yogurt, but it really could be uh, even. So um, that's kind of talking about the strains of probiotics, kefir to yogurt to clabber. And as you can tell, it's not a clear-cut answer, right? I mean, we can reason it through, and I've kind of put them in order, but you will find variances in regions. You'll find variances if you, like, add another culture or, you know, did I already say the region where you live? <laughs> um, now, by the way, to bring this up to what I was saying I would tell you about earlier, this yogurt is special. My yogurt is kind of like a hybrid of clabber and yogurt. Um, because I this is raw milk yogurt. And the reason I put it in a bowl and put it up on a spoon for you is to sh show you how nice and thick it is. Um, this is special because normally if you make raw milk yogurt, it ends up runny. Uh, but the way I do it is I add a special ingredient so that I can end up with thick and creamy raw milk yogurt. And if you'd like that recipe, go to tradcookschool.com slash free yogurt. Um, I am calling this kind of the best of both worlds of yogurt and clapper because it has the raw milk, so you have all the organisms and whatever comes in the raw milk, plus you have the yogurt culture. And because of following my special technique, which you can get at tradcookschool.com slash free yogurt, um, you, it actually ends up thick. Otherwise, if you were to try to make yogurt out of raw milk, it would end up runny. If you want thick yogurt normally, you need to pasteurize it, but then you lose the benefits of the raw milk. So that's why I love this, and that's why we eat it a lot, is because we get all the benefits of raw milk, but we get the thick set of homemade yogurt. All right, so tradcookschool.com slash free yogurt. A little bit of a departure there. Um, so which has the most pro probiotics? Kefir, hands down. Kefir has the most strains. I mean, it could have 30 to 50, depending on who, you know, who you're asking and who's actually counted, but it can have like 10 times as more as yogurt and clabber. Now, which is best to eat? This is the second part of the equation. Emily's asking, which has the most pro probiotics? Well, kefir does. What's best to eat though? Well, as with so many judgments that we make about what we prepare and what we eat, it's not always clear cut. So you, you could be the purest person who's going by, I need the most strains of probiotics possible. So that person would say, I'm eating kefir. I'm making and we're eating kefir. But it's not wrong, in my opinion, um, if you're someone who's balancing other factors of real life when choosing which dairy to ferment. Like, here's some other factors. How much time do you have? What is the most doable for you? Um, which one do you and your family prefer eating? These are real concerns because um, it might come down to you don't make cultured dairy because the one that you think is the best, you don't have time to do. It doesn't fit your lifestyle or it's just not as easy in your workflow. So you don't make any at all if you're making a decision, you know, the purest way where if you would make it based on like what works in your life, you would actually get a ferment made. Or what about your family doesn't want to eat clabber, your family doesn't want to eat kefir, and but that's the one you've decided you need to make, um, but they don't eat it, so it goes to waste. So that's why I'm bringing up this issue of real life factors. I don't think we always need to be a purist about choosing our ferments. We need to factor in, yes, what's healthy and beneficial. We also need to factor in what's doable for us and what our family is actually going to eat. Because when it comes down to it, they are all beneficial. <clears throat> They're all wonderful ferments. Um, and, and we actually want to eat it. We actually want to be able to make it or purchase it. 
<clears throat> we don't want it to go to waste. Does that make sense, everyone? Um, and I also want to bring up one point that if you make a choice to, you know, I'm going to make kefir or clabber works for me or whatever, don't feel like you need to hang your hat on that as the perfect cultured dairy for me or for my family or whatever. Um, because I think it's important in a good diet, a healthy diet, a healthy lifestyle, or keeping the family happy, is to have a variety. Um, nobody wants to eat the same thing all the time. Seasons come and seasons go. We have seasons of life where we can make one thing. We have seasons of life where we only have certain ingredients available to us. And so change. Use, your, use that freedom to be diverse, to keep the family happy, to keep up with... Um, ingredients that are available to you or time that you have available to you. And overall, if you can do this kind of flow, not necessarily every day, but in seasons, your health is going to benefit overall from this kind of a diversity. You're going to be introducing diverse probiotics into your diet. Plus, no one's going to be getting stuck in a rut or bored. Plus, if you have life changes that come up that change what you're able to do in the kitchen, then you can adapt. So, Overall, if there's one overarching thing to tell you all, it is um, to em embrace some flexibility here and be willing to try different things and incorporate different ferments, whether it's cultured dairy or otherwise, in your diet for your overall health and happiness. So I've come to the end of um, the answer here for Emily. Uh, if you're going by purely what has the most probiotics, kefir is hands down the best over yogurt and or clabber. Um, but if you're going by what's doable for you, then temper that with what's easy for you and what your family will eat. So Emily, I just want to encourage you to, if clabber is the answer for you, keep going with clabber for your smoothies because you can do it. If, if you walked away from here saying, well, I better make kefir, but I don't have grains and I just really, you know, that's not as easy for me to do, which kefir is actually very easy, but let's just say uh, you said, well, I better be making kefir, but kefir doesn't fit your life and you don't end up doing anything, well, then that's a loss. No, embrace the clabber that you found so easy for you. Now, I want to wrap up again to remind you that if you're interested in um, a yogurt like this that I make, which is raw milk, it's, I said it earlier, but it combines the best of clabber and yogurt together because you have the yogurt culture, but it's made with raw milk. Um, which is special. Go to tradcookschool.com slash free yogurt to get my recipe. Uh, the reason this is special is because normally if you want to preserve the benefits of raw milk and make yogurt, you'd either have to pasteurize the raw milk and lose the um, benefits of raw milk, or you'd end up with runny yogurt. Uh, but I have a special ingredient that I add very healthy special ingredient that I add to this recipe so that it can stay raw and you can have all the benefits of raw milk, plus it is thick and wonderful like you want your yogurt to be. So this is a, a raw milk yogurt recipe for you at tradcookschool.com slash free yogurt. Um, Cynthia, where's the best place to get the starter grains? Are they reusable? Um, in many cases, grains are reusable, powders are not. But you can get cultures, grains from Cultures for Health. That's our favorite source. Tradcookschool.com slash cultures for health with cultures for health, all one word. All right. Well, God bless you all. Thanks again for being here. I'll talk to you again in a week. Thanks so much for joining me. Here's what to do next. Ask Wardy wouldn't be possible without your questions, so keep them coming. If you're on Twitter, tweet me at TradCookSchool with your question and use the hashtag AskWardy. 
or send an email to wardy at askwardy.tv. To get the show notes, links mentioned, video replay, or even to catch up on past episodes of Ask Wardy, go to askwardy.tv. To join the fun of the live video recording, be sure to follow me on Facebook. Go to tradcookschool.com Facebook. We record live on Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific. That's 1 p.m. Eastern. When you get there, refresh the page until you see the live video playing. And finally, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, the podcast app, or Stitcher. If you're on a mobile device, just search for Ask Wordy while you're in the app. If you're on a desktop or laptop, go to tradcookschool.com slash awitunes right in your browser. And while you're there, please leave a rating or review. I'd love to read your comments, and your feedback makes it much more likely that others who are interested in traditional cooking will find Ask Wordy too. Thanks so much, God bless you, and I'll see you next week.